If you come across anything that slows you down, call the traffic hotline, 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with Time Saver Traffic, I'm Chris Lofgren. Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome aboard to the Hot Monday edition of the Dan Parsons Show. Uh, We're so glad you chose to take us along for your ride home or whatever you're doing this fine Monday afternoon. And man, it's a hot one, kids. Uh, Stay hydrated out there for sure. Um, Yeah, well, I was talking, you know, I think our listeners have heard me talk before. Uh, I've got family down in South Texas and Uh, My son, I was uh, griping to my son uh, who lives in Austin today and told him what the weather was. He said, well, it's been that for the past three months, Dad, here in Austin. So anyway, I guess we, I guess we, uh, you know, we can be thankful we haven't had three months of this, uh, this stuff. And it looks like, looks like by the weekend, it's going to hopefully, uh, subside a little bit, which is handy because, uh, Lincoln's, uh, Guardians of Freedom Air Show. Uh, expecting over 200,000 uh, people, uh, attendees for the events on Saturday and Sunday at Lincoln Air Park. So uh, hopefully it'll cool off and it'll be a little bit more manageable by then. And uh, a project that I've uh, been involved in, Lincoln's very first uh, Navy Week uh, starts today uh, to coincide with uh, the Guardians of Freedom Air Show. And uh, uh, tomorrow... Uh, we will have on the show, uh, we're going to have some brass in the house. Uh, the um, uh, To help kick off uh, Navy Week, uh, Rear Admiral Robert Wirth, who is the Deputy Director of Strategic Targeting and Nuclear Mission Planning for the U.S. Strategic Command up in Omaha, is going to be my guest right here in the studio tomorrow afternoon. So... Uh, don't miss that. Uh, we'll be talking about Navy Week and all. There's about 50, 60 sailors in town uh, this week doing some uh, community projects and helping out with uh, some of our nonprofits here in the city. And uh, and uh, 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 Rear Admiral uh, Worth uh, is in town to uh, to talk about the Navy. And uh, so we're very honored to have uh, Rear Admiral Worth uh, in the house uh, tomorrow afternoon. And uh, also coming up on tomorrow's show, Krista. Yoakum, chair of the Lancaster County Board of Commissioners uh, for our monthly check-in. So Krista will join us in the first half and uh, Admiral Worth in the second half of the show tomorrow. So don't miss that. And don't forget, if you do miss us, any of the live versions, you can always catch us on the live stream uh, at KLIN.com or on demand anytime you like on your favorite podcast platform. So uh, uh, we look forward to that. Um, And in just a moment, uh, we'll welcome in uh, the Flatwater Free Press folks, uh, Matthew Hansen, editor, and Sarah Gensler, uh, reporter. We're going to be talking about Sarah's uh, story here in a minute uh, that she reported on this past past few days about uh, uh, some uh, activities in the governor's office uh, about executive using executive privilege to withhold records uh from the public and so we'll talk about that with sarah uh in just a moment but meantime uh some other uh headlines that have caught my eye uh over the weekend man there seems like for the end of summer for the end of august it sure seems like there's some uh important news stories that are happening uh, here in the city uh in the state uh one of those stories that uh, obviously everybody here in lincoln is talking about uh uh, again, from the governor's office, announced that uh, the new 
uh, $366 million state prison uh, is uh, been is going to be built, uh, proposed to be built at a site in northeast Lincoln. Uh, was announced uh, last week as the location. And uh, frankly, a lot of people are upset, uh, not only on the location uh, in uh, suburban uh, Lincoln, but also uh, people are concerned about the lack of transparency for the site selection. So, hey, I understand. Uh, those are not easy decisions. Those are not popular decisions. Uh, you know, people get upset uh, for a lot of reasons of, uh, the old NIMBY, uh, not in my backyard. And uh, so, yeah, uh, we've outgrown uh, the current uh, facilities here in Lincoln. And so uh, the legislature passed uh, a bill last session to uh, fund uh, a new prison. and uh, But apparently no one knew where it was going to be built until last week. And so... Uh, so that's a story that uh, we'll continue to follow uh, here on the Dan Parsons Show because, yeah, that affects uh, obviously a lot of people right here in our own community. And so we will uh, look forward to uh, discussing that. So, well, uh, joining me on the phone line, Sarah Gensler, a reporter for Hot hot water flat water sarah you know sarah i've got this hot on my mind like everybody else and i kind of tagged this segment early on hot news uh with flat water free press so uh you know uh so anyway forgive me for fumbling your introduction but welcome to the show and uh, uh sarah is a reporter for flat water free press and uh uh, you've been a reporter at the Omaha World Herald prior to this, uh, where mm-hmm. you covered uh, the 2022 gubernatorial primary, which that was fun, wasn't it, Sarah? It was. It was eventful. <laughs> uh, before that, as a state government reporter, you broke stories on Nebraska footing the bill and then refusing to admit it uh, for deploying state troopers to the southern border, which, uh, ironically or coincidentally, uh, I think our governor is down on the southern border uh, just today uh, meeting with. Yeah, I think uh, that's right. Yeah. So uh, that story wasn't about this administration. It was about the last administration. But uh, uh, so, yes. But anyway, Sarah, that was a long winded way for me to say (laughs) welcome to the Dan Parsons show. I know we've had uh, interactions through the years, but it's the first time you've been on the show. and, And so welcome. Thanks. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. And um, so this story uh, that you broke, that you wrote last week, uh, the headline is Nebraska Governor's Use of Executive Privilege uh, to Withhold Records Troubles uh, Transparency Advocates Here in the State. And I'll just read the lead. Uh, Before he took office, Governor Jim Pillen joked about phone uh, conversations being exempt from public disclosure disclosure excuse me now his administration has taken what seems to be an unprecedented step to shield the governor's communications uh second graph a pill and staff denied flatwater free press access to four emails the governor sent in part citing quote executive privilege unquote a phrase absent from nebraska's public records law so uh, so talk about that, Sarah. That seems to be uh, somewhat unprecedented in, in state government. Yeah, it's, so it's a concept or maybe a phrase that people have heard uh, in the federal context a little bit. I know that um, it first was recognized by the U.S. Supreme Court and Nixon's administration when uh, he was 
being asked to turn over tapes. Uh, and then that's when they sort of said, okay, this is the U.S. Supreme Court first acknowledged this executive privilege. But as far as I could tell just from talking to people um, around Nebraska, I don't think a governor here has likely used it. Um, it's unclear exactly how the governor's office is using it or how they're defining it. Um, they would they wouldn't provide a definition when I asked. Yeah, and and your reporting, you you sought out several people to uh, comment on that. One being uh, former Governor Dave Heineman, the longest serving mm-hmm. governor in our history. Uh, and Governor Heineman uh, questioned. Uh, well, his his quote was, uh, "When you're the governor." You're a publicly elected official, and uh, your records are public. And so, well, uh, Sarah, if you can, uh, hold on. Uh, We're going to take this quick break, and we'll be back here on 1499.3 KLIN. If you come across anything that slows you down, help your fellow commuters call the traffic hotline, 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with Time Saver Traffic, I'm Chris Lofgren. Listening to the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Hey, and welcome back to the Monday edition, where we always check in on Mondays with our friends from Flatwater Free Press. And we got a little out of order today, as you, our regular listeners, know. Mr. Matthew Hansen, the editor of Flatwater Free Press, usually kicks us off, and so uh, so we're going to back up and uh, catch up with Matthew. Matthew, welcome aboard. Hey, sorry, sorry I'm late. <laughs> That's okay. You haven't missed much. I just, uh, Sarah and I just started chatting, and and so we'll just do this uh, a three-way conversation, and we'll just pretend like, uh, uh, anyway, uh, we're glad you're aboard. Uh, another great week of reporting by you guys. Uh, but before we go back to this story, I just wanted to, to catch a little bit of uh, some of the uh, other things that Flatwater Free Press has got going on. And, and I wanted to talk about, uh, you've got a festival coming up on September 14th and uh, to celebrate uh, Nebraska journalism. And uh, so do you want to chat a little bit about that, Matthew? And, well, first of all, are there still tickets available? There, there are. They're, they're actually uh, going, going very quickly. Uh, but, yeah, there, uh, at last check, there was about 90 um, tickets left, but we're going to have a packed house. 350 is our, wow. our max. Nice. And I, it's going to be great. I mean, the, this idea that people are willing to support uh, journalism, nonprofit journalism, and, and kind of enter into this discussion about what it is, why it's important, what the future of journalism looks like. I mean, that's what we're going to be talking about at Flatwater Free Press Festival, codenamed Flatfest. Uh, nice. on, uh, on September 14th. So yeah, if your uh, listeners are interested, you can go to our website, uh, flatwaterfreepress.org or our social media. We're on all the, most of the social media sites and, uh, and uh, buy a ticket. Nice. Cause you're, you're going to moderate kind of an all-star panel of uh, nationally known journalists, which, which I love what you've done. You've uh, chosen some nationally recognized uh, all-star journalists, but they all have a Nebraska connection. Yeah. No, isn't it funny? It's this like weird twist on, you know, we think of national journalism as like the the coastal elites, right? Well, the three people that we're talking <laughs> to all come from, not only do they come from Nebraska, but two of them come from small town Nebraska. Yes, yes. Um, so that's great. Yeah, I'm Jeff Zelny, uh from CNN. You know, he's worked at a, at a bunch of places. Uh, Dion Searcy, um, who's a fantastic reporter who spent a lot of time in Africa for the New York Times. 
and Lashara Bunting, who is an incredible um, uh, newspaper editor turned publishing uh, tycoon turned uh, uh, she runs a thing called the uh, online uh, news association. So yeah, it's a really incredible, and she's from North Omaha, nice. from Omaha. And so, Dion, yeah, and, and Dion is from Wymore, and Jeff Zeleny is from Exeter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there's your uh, there's your coastal media elites right there. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're going to be quizzing, uh, uh, you know, asking good questions. I think about the present and future of journalism, how they think it should change, um, and uh, yeah, and people, the people at Flat Festival obviously have a, a bunch of chance to ask questions too. Awesome. Well, Sarah, will you be in attendance? Whoops! Did we? Oh, Sarah, I'm sorry. Sarah Gensler, uh, will you also be in attendance? I will, absolutely. Nice, nice. Well, I'm 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 coming. I'm looking forward to the to the gig and uh uh I I told the newsroom maybe I'll even bring uh my recorder along and catch some uh, sound and be a roving reporter uh at the Flat Flat Fest. Yeah, where it's all on the record, Dan. Whatever <laughs> whatever you say, feel free. Well, and and I'm so glad uh that you mentioned that because uh, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about transparency in government and uh and and kudos Matthew for your staff continuing to look for those opportunities uh, to hold power accountable. And uh, here's another example of Sarah's story uh, a few days ago of holding uh, the current uh, administration, uh, the Pillen administration, accountable when it comes to public records. And uh, so, Matthew, I don't know if you wanted to to chime in on that a little bit uh, before we get back to Sarah, but uh, that was a really important story. And I just I know our listeners continue to appreciate um, holding people in power accountable. Yeah, and all the credit goes to Sarah uh, against her on this one. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, she she brought it to us as a thing that she was noticing um, as she was trying to get access to these these public records. Uh, one of the things that's really blown me away is how much the public is interested in this. And I can tell from the a number of people who are reading our story and our newsletter and this sort of stuff. You know, this could be construed as kind of an inside baseball mm-hmm. sort of technical kind of wonky thing that, you know, if you're dismissing it, you're saying only reporters care about this, this sort of stuff. And I can tell you that that is demonstrably untrue, that, that the public has decided uh, in the story that, that they are interested in their, their deciding with their, their eyeballs. So I think that's a testament to readers as well. They, they kind of recognize the underlying uh, important importance of stories like these. Absolutely. Well, and Sarah, uh, I mean, you you got some great sources in this story. Not only as we mentioned, uh, former Governor Heineman, uh, but also Jack Gold, who is board member with uh, Common Cause. Uh, and Jack obviously keeps uh, government entities uh, uh, responsible for being transparent. Also, uh, mm-hmm. Senator Conrad. Uh, so you got a Republican and a Democrat office holder uh, commenting on how uh, this is troublesome. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, I think overall people were mostly surprised that a governor was claiming to have the privilege that, you know, it's sort of a unheard of, at least to these folks and um, to anybody else that I talked to. So, I think that a lot of it was just kind of reacting to, or, or I guess, um, trying to process that fact. Well, and I'm, I'm interested, Sarah. I mean, your background, again, from the World Herald and other uh, reporting that you've done through the years, uh, 
mm-hmm. you, I mean, you follow you, know, you follow these stories and you report on these stories of keeping yeah. uh, government agencies and officials accountable. Uh, how does this compare to some of the other uh, experiences that you've had? As far as um, well, I don't want to characterize it as anyway. How how, how would you compare yeah. this to other stories? Um. And say it's not the first time that my reporting has then turned into its own story because of uh, somebody denying access to records. But it's always a little bit weird, I think, as a reporter. Like, it feels strange to then, like, you think you're pursuing one thing, and then you have an interaction within that reporting that leads to its own story. Like, that just feels strange. Um, and it rarely happens. Um, but this isn't the first time. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I've, had kind of a uh, denial before that turned into a story, but this was the first time that it felt like I think that it was necessary to bring in um, national experts on transparency to see because it's something that's happened in other states. So I think the context here um, is important outside of Nebraska as well. Yes, and I'm looking for that quote from the national uh, expert that you uh, brought in, but maybe you could help me out and uh, just tell our sure, listeners that that uh, what yeah. you found from that person. I so this is from David Collier. He's uh, heads up the Joseph L. Breckner Freedom of Information yeah. Project at the University of Florida. Yeah, um, and he was essentially saying that the denial of records to a reporter is not just a denial of records to a reporter, it's a denial of records to 2 million people um, that that reporter would then get that information to. So uh, he was really emphasizing the importance of something like this. Um, and as Matthew mentioned, I think people get that. I think people, uh, that this clearly resonates with people. Well, and uh, we've got about a minute here before we have to go to break, but um, the administration, Pillen's uh, spokesperson, questioned whether this uh, story and, and, and would, would squelch uh, the ability or the willingness of the public to email uh, the governor's office and ask for help or ask questions. And so uh, that was part of their response anyway. That was that was uh, Senator Brewer who said that. Oh, I beg your pardon. Yeah, Senator Brewer said that. No, it's fine. It was all in sort of the same section of the story. But, yeah, uh, yeah I found that interesting, too. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, Matthew Hansen, editor of Flatwater Free Press, thank you, my friend, for jumping in and on another busy day in your newsroom. And we look forward to uh, finding you at, uh, at FlatFest uh, coming up. And remember, uh, flatwaterfreepress.org. And Sarah Gensler, thanks for your good work, and we look forward to having you on again. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be here. Okay, we're going to take this news break and be back with uh, former state senator Laura Ebke on 1499.3 KLIN. President Biden and the First Lady arriving in Maui, where they'll view wildfire recovery efforts and meet with first responders and survivors. The president says he knows how profoundly loss can impact a family and community and pledges to do everything in his power to help Maui recover and rebuild from this tragedy. Fox's Jared Halpern. Parts of California in cleanup mode after torrential rain brought by tropical storm hillary so much rain that it caused some folks to get stuck in their vehicles i wouldn't palm springs the surrounding desert communities as well flooded roads had the biggest impact when hospital forced to pump water from the building fox's jeff paul in los angeles bond will be two hundred thousand dollars for former president trump in the georgia case accusing him and 18 18- town from 10th to 14th street lane closures for bridge repairs it is motorcycle and bicycle season look once and look again keeping you moving with time saver traffic i'm chris lofgren 
educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome to the steaming hot uh, Dan Parsons show on uh, on a Monday afternoon. We're so glad you took us along for your ride home. We hope that you're uh, keeping cool and hydrated. Uh, as you heard me say earlier, I've got family in South Texas, and they said, hey, we've been doing this for three months, so uh, get with the program. But uh, hey, my sincere thanks, uh, as always, on Monday, uh, our friends at Flatwater Free Press, Nebraska's very first nonprofit newsroom, uh, editor Matthew Hansen and reporter Sarah, reporter Sarah Gensler. Uh, and we're going to continue talking about that story in just a moment with uh, former state Senator Laura Ebke, who's quoted in the story. Uh, but let's do a little uh, uh, little uh, bookkeeping here, if you will. Uh, you, you can always catch us on demand on your favorite uh, podcast platform anytime you like. If you missed uh, our conversation with uh, Sarah and Matthew, uh, you can catch us on, on your favorite podcast platform or just go to klan.com anytime you like uh and coming up on tomorrow's show we're so excited uh our monthly check-in with krista yokum chair of the lancaster county board of commissioners and i suspect we're going to be talking about uh the new prison site uh, that the uh, governor's office announced last week uh will be uh, is proposed to be built uh here in suburban lincoln and uh, the legislature passed uh, funding for that uh, facility last uh, session. And so now we need to find a place to put it. And they've chosen uh, Northeast Lincoln, uh, just outside of uh, of the city. And so that's riling a few people up, as you might expect. Uh, uh, and so anyway, we'll talk with uh, Christy Yoakum uh, about that tomorrow. And I'm really honored uh, that tomorrow we'll be visiting in studio with Rear Admiral Robert E. Worth, and uh, Rear Admiral Worth is the Deputy Director of Strategic Targeting and Nuclear Mission Planning uh, for the U.S. Strategic Command in Omaha. And the Admiral is coming uh, to Lincoln because we are celebrating the very first ever uh, Navy Week uh, here in Lincoln, and uh, as you may have heard me talk before, uh, I'm doing some public relations help for that project, but there's 50 to 75 sailors. If you see uh, a bunch of sailors in town this week, uh, uh, that's what they're in town for, to help with a lot of nonprofits and do community work. And then, of course, their flagship uh, rear admiral, uh, Admiral Worth, uh, uh, a ceremony at the governor's office and the mayor's office this week. And uh, he's going to throw out the first pitch of the Salt Dogs game later this week. And so we're really honored. So if you are a Navy veteran or you have family members that were in the Navy, uh, we would be honored that you join us tomorrow afternoon uh, in chatting with uh, Admiral Worth. And uh, but it is my honor to welcome into the studios our friend, our friend of the show. I can say that because you've been on before, uh, Dr. Laura Ebke, uh, former state senator uh, and a, a fellow at the Platt Institute. Uh, Laura. Thanks uh, for coming in. Thanks for having me, Dan. Yeah, last time we chatted, you were on vacation somewhere. I was on vacation. Um, I think at that time I was up in North Dakota. Yeah. Um, we were up uh, as a family visiting uh, the Theodore Roosevelt National Park oh, nice. and that sort of stuff. And it was it was in it was in June, but it was really hot here in Nebraska, right. and it was sixty five <laughs> just about the whole time we were in North Dakota. So I'm thinking about going back this week. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding, that would be good timing. Uh, well, as I said, Laura is a uh, former state senator 
she's a lifelong Nebraskan uh, in Crete for the past 26 years. Uh, you hold a Ph.D. in political science at the University of Nebraska. And in addition to your service uh, at, the, at the legislature, you chaired the Nebraska uh, Legislature's Judiciary Committee. And you've served 12 years on the Crete Public School Board. So what a varied political and educational career. I've been so, around, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's always, we're friends, we've known each other, we've drank beer together, we have, yeah. you've been on my podcast, yeah. and so, uh, but you have to come on Fridays to drink on this show. Okay, well, give me a call. Because <laughs> <laughs> every Friday we do the Friday Afternoon Club uh, with Chef Tim. But, but not, not this Friday, Johnny, because uh, apparently there's, uh, we've been preempted. Yep, volleyball. Okay. And not the big volleyball game, because that's the following week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember who we're playing, but volleyball game this Friday instead okay. of Dan Barson's show. They're, yeah. they're all big, right? They're but all yeah, big. My goodness, they are. Well, uh, Senator, Dr. Laura, my friend, uh, thanks for, for coming on. And I, I did. I wanted to get your perspective on this story that we talked with Sarah Getzler about, uh, that she wrote about the, the governor's office and, and this uh, uh, this challenge that I think public officials have uh, in balancing sensitive information and the public's right to, to that information. Yeah, it's certainly a complicated um, thing. And if you look at the attorney general's uh, website, they have a real nice, uh, a real nice um, main uh, page where you can find all the, you know, kind of the down and dirty about 30 pages worth when I printed it out oh, wow. earlier you today. You did your homework. Uh, I did my Thank homework, you. yeah. <laughs> about about 30 pages of, um, of of opinions and advisories and all sorts of things with respect to, to public records laws. Um, and I also, I also took a look through the public records statutes. Um, and historically, our statutes, public records statute started in the late 1890s. I mean, it's always been important to Nebraska to have, you know, strong public records laws. And um, you had little tweaks along the way, and then they had a fairly major uh, change again in the, in the late 1960s. Once the telegram uh, came along. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> we and, had to update it. Yeah. And, then, and then, you know, again, um, you know, you, you, you occasionally had little tweaks, but then the next major change was in 2000. So if you consider that it's been um, a quarter wow. of a century almost wow. since the last major revision, um, I, you know, it may be time to, to, to look at things again because you have a lot of things that are in far greater use today than they were 23 years ago. I mean, 23 years ago we had email, but, you know, it wasn't quite AOL, but it was, but, but it was still much it was, more, yeah. you, know, you know, people didn't use it nearly as much. And I know that at the, in, in government offices, they didn't use it nearly as much. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, obviously, yes. And, and I think just all of us, I mean, we just, I mean, I always ask my clients uh, early on, it's like, how would you like me to communicate with you? Cause I, I never know, mm -hmm. you know, the millennial, I know how to communicate with my kids. <laughs> Text. It's with my thumbs, yep. right? Yep. And, uh, and and so anyway, I always ask my clients, yes, what's your preferred mode of communication? Is it, would you like a telephone call? Would you like email? Would you like snail mail? <laughs> would you like uh, texting? And so, yeah, I mean, if, if business has adapted to that and government hasn't caught up, then yeah, obviously people are communicating more and more uh, with uh, texting and other mm -hmm. forms of communication that maybe isn't clear, clarified in in statute yeah and i think that it's you know i mean i think that i think that um mistakes can be made um or perceived mistakes can be made on on those things um very innocently sure um that that 
um, that, that, you know, I, I remember one time when I was in the legislature that, you know, we were discussing something fairly controversial. And I got just a boatload of emails from people. Um, some of them were just the, you know, the, the, the respond, you know, uh, mass emails. And some yes. of them were, were the, the, you know, I sat down and wrote this letter to you and, you know, I want you to read it. And um, somebody ended up not liking the way that I voted. And I, um, you know, they, they wanted a list of all the names of all the people and a copy of all the emails that I'd received. And I said, mm, I don't know about that. Wow. <laughs> and and yeah. I went to the executive board and I asked them. And um, one of the things you notice if you go through the um, if you go through the the public records laws is that the legislature has largely excluded itself yes. from those kinds of things. So. Yes, yeah, it's a, it's a different uh, different statute and a different norms for mm-hmm. the legislature than it is even the executive branch. Right. Uh, you have more latitude uh, in the legislature. And I think that's because of constituent information and you don't want to dox people and things like that. And I think that's something we have to be sensitive to. But, um, you know, I don't want to attribute any um, any nefarious motives. And in fact, I think that, you know, Senator Pillen from or Governor Pillen from everything that I have have heard about him, I haven't had a chance to meet him yet. But um, I think that he is well intentioned. Right. And I think his office is. And I think, you know, this is probably part of the. Um, you know, learning your space. Well, yeah. I mean, he's only been in office since January. He hadn't, I believe I'm correct, yeah. he hadn't held public office. Well, he's, he was on the Regents. I beg your pardon. Gee whiz. Yeah. Of course. He yeah. was, and of course, and yeah. he had to deal with, uh, obviously, public records yeah. requests. But it's different, when, it's, it's different when you're part of a board and you have an administrator who is kind of telling you what needs to be, you know, what what needs to be sent back and that sort of thing. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, and and it is interesting too uh, those differences between the executive branch and and uh, well, and y- you mentioned uh, you know nefarious uh, public uses. I mean, we're seeing now in the court system, in the federal court system, uh, with some of these uh, uh, from uh, former President Trump and uh, some of the legal troubles that he is in, and there's been. Uh, I think it was public. I think it, w- it shocked a lot of people uh, that the grand jury that was seated in Georgia, those names were public and they were part of the uh, indictment on the, uh, as I understood, some of the first pages. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us, uh, even national uh, pundits and, and uh, political people were kind of shocked that those names were public. Yeah. And, 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 and you, and you really do, um, walk a fine line. I think that it's possible, though, to, um, you know, maximize transparency with some level of sensitivity to individuals, to legal issues, to um, uh, negotiations and process and that sort of thing, and still come out in the end on the right, you know, on the right side of transparency, which I think is as much as you can possibly give. Well, and I think Nebraska has been known throughout the years of being transparent. I mean, that's that's our nature. I think that's what uh, the public expects of our elected officials. And, uh, you know, a long time uh, accountability and disclosure. There's always been uh, the attitude that we want to share as much information as possible with the public. Right, for sure. So heat warning continues. From the 1011 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Brandon Rector. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. 
Welcome back to the Dan Parsons Show on this Monday. We're so thankful you chose to take us along for your ride home or picking up the kiddos or getting dinner ready, uh, whatever you're doing. We sure appreciate you uh, taking us along. And if you ever miss anything, you can always catch us on your favorite podcast platform or just go to KLIN.com and scroll down on the Dan Parsons page and you'll, you'll find our episodes there as well. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll welcome Krista Yoakum, chair of our Lancaster County Board of Commissioners, and we're going to be chatting amongst other things, uh, uh, the decision by the state to uh, build uh, a new prison uh, here in suburban Lincoln. So we'll talk about that. And it's my great honor to welcome into the studio tomorrow Rear Admiral Robert E. Wirth. Uh, Admiral Wirth is the Deputy Director of Strategic Targeting and Nuclear Mission Planning uh, at the U.S. Strategic Command in Omaha. And we're kicking off uh, Navy Week, the first time ever Lincoln uh, has been chosen for Navy Week. And uh, coinciding with the Freedom, uh, the Guardians of Freedom Air Show this uh, this weekend. We sure hope it cools off by then. Looks like it will. So a couple hundred thousand of us can go uh, uh, watch some great aerial uh, activity uh, out at the airport. Uh, well, I'm I'm joined by uh, former state senator Laura Epke, and uh, she's a fellow at the Platt Institute. Uh, lifelong Nebraskan, and uh, she also has a <clears throat> Ph.D. from the University of Nebraska in political science, which uh, y- you probably uh, probably you use that uh, often, Senator. Yeah, you know, I, I used it. Um, uh, I, I used the history that I learned in there quite a, quite a bit. You know, you you uh, you get a lot of history. Um, as you're reading about different things in political science, and and I've used that and tried to apply it, you know those who those who fail to you know learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, you know. And we were talking uh, between uh, on break here about uh, I think we both have this fascination with political history, and and uh, I mentioned the phrase executive privilege, and I, and we're going to talk about that a little bit again. And I made the comment now more than ever we should be careful with that phrase. And you reminded me that one of that was a phrase of President Nixon in one of his presidential campaigns. It was, and I wish I could remember if it was sixty-eight or seventy-two. I I feel like it might have been seventy-two because you said you have a button. I have a button um, cool. that, that my when I was very young, I started started collecting campaign buttons, and I've got a button that says President Nixon. It must must have been the, the seventy two. President Nixon now more than ever. Yeah, is what it said. Yeah. So. Well, and our listeners, I'll just connect this. I'll make the connection. I I've told my political origin story uh, uh, quite a bit here on the show, and. Uh, because, yeah, I, I started reading the newspaper and being fascinated uh, during Watergate uh, back in the 70s and how Richard Nixon, uh, you know, was unprecedented then mm-hmm. as it is now, uh, uh, the the troubles that uh, President Nixon was in and uh, how that led to Watergate and his resignation and and some of the laws that we have on the books uh, for transparency in government. Yep. We we probably watched the seventy four Watergate hearings at the same time. I sp- I spent that summer watching. Wa- yes. What a, what a nerd, right? Yes. Oh, I know uh, it. Yeah, I was just a kid. Yeah. I, I I tell people I started reading uh, the Journal and the Star because we had yeah. both of them in yep, our house, the morning too. and the afternoon paper. And uh, yeah, I think I started in the comics, and last, next thing you know, I'm. Reading Read about the, uh, the front page, the yeah. Front page, yeah. and so here we are. Yeah. Well, and and so yes, uh, the term uh, the governor Pillen used uh, to uh, keep some of these records from the public, uh, he cited executive privilege. And Sarah Gensler's uh, reporting from Flatwater Free Press pointed out that there's no such thing in statute in Nebraska. 
Yeah, I couldn't find it any place when I was looking. Um, I think that, you know, it is, you know, a lot of our public records laws are probably de facto, you know, probably de facto um, uh, operate as, as executive privilege or can be interpreted to operate as executive privilege. Personally, I'd be careful about using that term. Just because of how it's um, how it's how it's tied into things at the federal level, sometimes it's politically charged. But and 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 again, I think that there are ways to you know there are ways to appropriately um, uh, hold information back that that's sensitive in some way. Um, and I think that that's easy enough to do by just saying, you know, this has people's names in it. It's mm-hmm. still something that we're still working on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever. So you'd suggested that there might be a fix legislatively to kind of clarify some of this. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that there's I think there are ways to fix it. I think that uh, probably won't happen next year, but I do think over the uh, you know cuz it's a short session and they got a lot of things to do. Yeah, yeah. Um I would say that um you know probably I mean if if I were there and if I would if I had the have the ear of enough senators what I would suggest is that they have an interim study next year and do a deep dive there you go. and um actually look at the public records law and think critically about what kinds of things could be changed? What kinds of things should be changed and updated to to reflect um, reflect what's going on in the world today and make it easier for everybody to understand what's covered and what isn't? Yeah. Um, and and you know, I mean, it, it, it's important because transparency is important. Absolutely. It, it, it's you know, we. Um, I think I think that Sarah mentioned in the article that I you know the 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 numbers that something like eighty percent of the public doesn't trust their federal government. You know I I would guess that we're a little better than that in Nebraska, but I still think that when you've got a significant number of people who don't trust those who are in government, that it's all the more critical to make sure that we are as transparent as possible whenever possible, because um, that gives them gives people less of an opportunity to say that there's something rotten going on right well and and you mentioned it earlier and i'll echo that that um remember you said it on the air or maybe on, on break but i'll i'll say it again and attribute it to you is yeah let's give the governor the benefit of the doubt he's only been on the job since january he maybe didn't have this kind of scrutiny obviously as a as a university in nebraska regent and so Give him a mulligan. Let's uh, yeah. let's see if we can do better. Absolutely, and I think the other thing too, w- w- with respect to the governor, if you haven't been subject to this, yes. and, and you know you 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 maybe don't think about the fact that your government email is part of the public record. So yeah. I mean, you know, I think that that I think that it's you know, give him a mulligan. Yeah. No. Yep. Start again. Uh, well, uh, Laura, I did mention that you're a fellow on the uh, Platt Institute, a, a think tank here in Nebraska, and uh, uh, the work that you do there, I assume, fills your cup of yeah. continuing to be involved in the public sphere, in the public square, and and uh, have some influence on public policy. So what's going on at the Platt Institute? Yeah, you know, days? we're working on a number of things. You know, you know, we've always been proponents for tax policy and, uh, you know, good tax policy and, and um, making reducing barriers um, – to enter into work, um, what I would say is that we have a um, our our uh, legislative summit, which is open to the public on um, September 28th. You can get on the Platt Institute page, platinstitute.org, and uh, get tickets there. Very good. Yeah. Well, I appreciate, as always, Senator, uh, visiting with you in person. Yeah, anytime. You're always welcome. Thanks. And uh, Senator Conrad has been on the show a few times too, and she's also mentioned in this story and. Uh, as is Senator Brewer. By the way, I've invited Senator Brewer on the show, too, and we'll have uh, Colonel Brewer on sometime. He's awfully busy. He is. He's, 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 goes, a, 
yeah. he, he travels around a lot. He does travel around a lot. So, no, I appreciate your uh, good insights on this story, and, and uh, it's good to connect again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, former State Senator Laura Ebke, a fellow at the uh, Platt Institute, and uh, you can uh, find out more about her and the work that they do at the Platt Institute, and uh, we encourage you to do that. Uh, and again, thanks to... Uh, Flatwater Free Press for their work uh, on this important story and others. And you always find uh, all of their uh, news and, and sign up for their free newsletter on flatwaterfreepress.org. And uh, thanks to Matthew Hansen, their editor, for joining us, and Sarah Getzler, uh, reporter. And uh, so, anyway, that's the show, kids. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, now, go do good things on 1499 3 KLIN. From the Momo Pizzeria 